This is a day of days, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us today. Football's Law 18. I am Adam Alfie. And today is the day that England plays in the semifinal of the World Cup. Something that many generations have not seen in England. The last time I think they made a semifinal was in 1990, um, which coincidentally is the last time that Egypt has made a, a, a World Cup, uh, which was back in Italy. And... What a day we have today. What a game. Yesterday, obviously, was practically a final between France and Belgium, and, and the football was, was electric, and, and even though it was only 1-0 as a final result, it really kept you in your seats, and it really kept you plugged in and wanting to know more. Um, France wins. They're in the final, and now they're awaiting whoever wins today. Croatia has had a dream of a World Cup. They have been very quietly but surely producing results. They've been playing out of their minds. Uh, they have Matsukic, who's, who's, who's an excellent forward, one of the best in the world. Um, they have Modric, who's one of the best midfielders in the world. And then you look on the other side, and you have an English team who's young, who's hungry. If you think about it, when uh, Southgate took over the team... After Sam Allardyce was sacked and everybody was just on Southgate's case with his selections and what is he going to do. And he's proven everybody wrong. I said this this before the tournament started. If England can make the quarterfinal, at that point they're playing with house money. They've made the quarterfinal, but now they're in the final. Uh, They're in the semifinal. But now they're in the semifinal. So that means that this is a major opportunity for these and I'm going to say it, kids, because they're all young and hungry to prove to millions of people around the world, if not a billions, that they do exist on this stage and they do deserve to be on this stage. This is one of their first big tests. And I've predicted uh, this morning that England is going to win 3-1. And so has one of my really good friends, uh, an FA writer, legend, uh, and, and, and really close dear friend of mine, Tom McDermott, who's... We, who's who's uh, who we spoke to earlier today on why England is going to win, and I break down later in the show why or how Croatia could win, but I really think England's going to win. But the thoughts of of the thoughts of Tom McDermott on this subject uh, are very valuable, and here is what he had to say today. I think um, I've been sad enough over the last sort of couple of days to look back at. Croatia's performances and, and their route to this this point, and I think that they've got the outstanding talent. They've got the central midfielder for Barcelona in Rakitic. They've got the central midfielder for Real Madrid in Modric. They've got Rebic. They've got Perisic in there. They've got Mandzukic. We know about people like Lovren who play in the English Premier League as well. But I think what I've seen in, in certainly in the latter stages is a tiredness to their game. Sure, if you let them play and get them ahead, they're going to be hard to stop. But I think that if England can compete with them and um, do what they can to prevent people like Modric and Rakitic from playing, then I think they've got a great chance of winning the game in 90 minutes. And I don't think that's confidence. or I suppose it is a bit of confidence or, or just arrogance. But you saw, especially in that Denmark game, that you can get at Croatia, you can ask questions of them, you can cause them problems. And I think, you know, we're in a World Cup semi-final here. The last one was 28 years ago, <laughs> you know. And, and what a chance, what a chance. And what an opportunity is for... For the English players to, to you know to really go down in go down in history and just the feeling um, 
of the of the whole country. I'm stood next to a um, it's British summertime. It's hot for once. We've had one of the best summers ever, and that's away from football in terms of weather. And I'm looking at a cricket pitch. I set up the marquees. There's kids finishing school, people are finishing work early, and they're all just going to descend to different points of the country. I think Hyde Park's giving away thirty thousand free tickets for people in London to go and watch the game. So my goodness, flavour of the atmosphere down in London, and um, and it's the same over the country. So, but to get back to the point. I think um, quietly confident, and I think that within 90 minutes, England will win possibly 2-0. Well, here's the thing. So you mentioned you mentioned that the, the stellar midfield that uh, Croatia has, right? Mm-hmm. And if you if you think about it, Croatia was doing very well against teams that would back off a little bit and give their midfield a little bit of of space to run and move. Yeah. And then you saw that they expected that with Russia, but what Russia did was Russia was right in the faces of the midfielders, and it caused them a lot of problems. Yeah. Is this kind of a a, a hint to Southgate to say? You know, obviously Henderson is going to play a big role today, but uh-huh. maybe even uh, as the match progresses, put Henderson and Dyer in the middle to kind of really shut down that midfield and not give him any space and and, and yeah. continue to cause him problems. No, no, it's a it's a it's a, it's a really really good point, that um, Adam. I think I I hope he doesn't do that. I hope that they they get they sort of just drifting between four four two four three three. Um, not your standard four four two, your standard four three three. But normally playing Manzukic at the at the top, he's going to be the focal point. After doing that, one of Maguire or Stones can then step into midfield and create that extra body next to Henderson. But I think that Henderson's support will come from Deli Ali and, and Lingard essentially. I think also you might get if Manzukic is playing up front as the as the lone striker and two wider people supporting him. I think that you'll see either one of Stones and Maguire maybe step out and into into there to help out as well if necessary. So I don't think introducing like something like Eric Dyer will necessarily answer the problem. And I don't think it's required, actually. I think there's enough on the pitch already to to really get amongst Croatia in that midfield area. It is the key area. You don't win a game in midfield, but it can also it can help massively to how you the end scoreline. So I think Henderson, obviously, very important in there. I think Deli Ali and Lingard, their mobility, their youth, their legs when England haven't got the ball, to get in and around and make the numbers up in the centre of the park. But also, I think, don't be surprised to see when we have got the ball to create extra numbers in midfield, either Maguire or Stones do that as well. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's talk, about, let's talk about Sterling. Okay. He has to score. Um, do you know what? I think he's got to the point now where some of the criticism he receives has crossed the line. It's too much. But I think that Southgate's been clever with it. I think he's, he, there's no sign of dropping him. And actually, do you know what? I don't think he should drop him because I think that his movement alone is creating problems. It's creating space for people like Lingard. It's creating space for people like Harry Kane. It's creating space for, for people like Deli Ali. So his movement alone, yes, he's missed some sitters. Yes, he could have been a bit sharper with his sort of final ball and delivering that final third. But you know what? I think his movement's causing 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 enough problems. It would be brilliant if one flew off his shin or his backside, <laughs> and or England won one nil. So, for him personally, you know, he's a human being. Was he? It would be great, but I just fear that he's got the confidence of his manager. He's got a great coaching team. You've heard you've heard what um, people have said in terms of how people have um, you know spoken to about. 
how much he means to the team, the players. Um, sorry, somebody was, somebody was waving me at me from the marquee there. How good is that? I hope they're making me in for three beers. That's the only thing they can distract when I'm talking about England. Um, yeah, you've talked about how the, how the coach staff and players have talked about him. He's very well regarded within the camp. And I think, actually, a lot of supporters are starting to see that as well. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, there's enough love in there, loving around him. And do you know what? He's an England player. He's going to start. He's in the semi-final of the World Cup. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he wants to score. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't just want to keep on missing because he's had course, a stellar... He's... He wants to score. Yeah, yeah and... he wants to score. I mean, they had a great chance, or a couple of chances in the last game against Sweden, but the criticism he's getting is not... Um, it's not as bad as probably what it could be because if he'd have missed those chances, England had gone, gone out, and I dread to think what would have happened. But he's getting criticised, but again, come back to it. He's a favourite of Southgate. The players are behind him. And actually, I think he's got to the point now that although in some sections criticism of Sterling, it's easy things to criticise Raheem Sterling. But you know what? Criticise the player that doesn't get into the positions to score. He always gets into the dangerous positions. He's always, you know, he keeps going, keeps going. You know, this is a United fan talking about a City player. So I think, he's, I think he'll be all right. And, but as I say, I'd love him to score and, you know, to, to silence a few critics. So, so one more, one more point on, and I'll let you go. Uh, the one thing that I've noticed personally this year uh, that's a little bit different from the previous World Cup squads that I've that I've seen, and, and you know I have a I have a special love for England, so I follow them. They're kind of like yeah. my my second uh, my second nation when it comes to football. I've seen uh, uh, togetherness from the entire team, and it maybe is because it's a bunch of young kids that are just happy to be there. And the pressure necessarily was not on them from the beginning. And thanks to Southgate, I think that's that that was the main that was the main point of emphasis from him from the beginning. But but do, how do you think this is playing uh, uh, into the role? Because if you if you look at the the other World Cups that that England was in, there was a lot of older players, a lot of um, I don't want to say prima donnas, but a lot of very very established players that had a reputation, and it just didn't work. And these guys just remind me of me and my friends back in college and how we were and how fun everything was. Yeah, there's definitely... Southcote's created an atmosphere. He's created two things. He's created a way of playing. He's, he's created a belief. And with the belief, he's created um, an atmosphere where players that aren't playing, you can see, you know, the people like Danny Welbeck, I've seen them, you know, getting behind the team, cheering. There's a very... There's a togetherness. They're all in this. And, and however Southgate's done it um, and how he's created this DNA, this English way of playing, he's sort of mixing that kind of lion heart and the three-line spirit with, you know, a new way of keeping the ball and playing attacking football. Yes, we're not creating as many chances as what people, you know, may like, but, we, you know, you're seeing him kind of reinventing ourselves at set pieces. We're a danger at set pieces, which is part of the English game. You know, let's not beat around the bush. We can be a physical and quite a direct team, but at the same time, you've seen Pickford try to play it out from the back through the defence and through the line. So, whatever he's doing on and off the pitch, it's certainly working, but I think... He, he, he did a great thing before the tournament in inviting the media and welcoming the media to a certain extent into the camp in a way that they haven't been before. Yes, they're not in and around the England team on a daily basis at the hotel, but they're there. They're very much active. They're very much present um, and, and reporting. And Southgate's very... There's a more friendly atmosphere here, a more welcoming atmosphere. It's not a them and us. It feels like they're part of the tournament as well, which in previous tournaments, that's just not been the case. But... Um, yeah, anticipation is is probably at an all time high, and it's um, a lot of us have, as I said to you before we, we the interview. We, I mean, 
We, a lot of us don't know how to behave. This is a very new to us. <laughs> it is. Know. Where are you? Very, very new to us. Where are you watching it tonight? It'll be. I like to take games in at home, so I'll be in watching it at home in front of the television, front row, front row seats. I think my dad will be there as well, uh, family, and just taking it all in, and then hopefully. It'll, um, it'll be a late night in terms of celebrating a, a, an England victory and, you know, our first final since 1966. Wow. Uh, I'll definitely be calling you after that and we can, uh, so. we can sing the song together. For heroes dressed in grey No plans for final day Stay in bed, drift away You know, a couple of important things that we talked about in the segment before with Tom, like you heard, was the the importance of, of that midfield and, and how they're going to be able to uh, handle the world-class midfield that uh, Croatia has in uh, Rakitic and uh, Modric and it's going to be the key to the game I think uh, much like when uh, I was discussing France versus Belgium and I thought that the the game was going to be won and lost in the midfield and um, even when we spoke with Matt and Frenchy and they both kind of had the same idea where even Matt when he said that Belgium thought Belgium was going to win he thought Belgium was going to win because they were going to bypass the midfield I think that the midfield here is going to be the key, where uh, if England is going to allow uh, a Rakitic and um, an Amadric a lot of space with the ball, uh, those are two world-class midfielders that would rip apart any midfield. Uh, and it, it, like I mentioned before, if you saw in the Russia game, there were a lot of instances where Russia didn't give them uh, the time of day basically in the midfield and they attacked them right away uh, and that was a weakness uh, that Croatia didn't know how to deal with if you look at the first goal that was scored by Russia it was scored because of pressure from the midfield and they came right through the middle in between uh, the midfielders the center midfielders and yeah it was a wonder strike nevertheless that's the weakness of Croatia their midfield is very susceptible to balls right through the middle. Uh, with that said, I I hope Sterling scores today, but I think that he's going to have uh, uh, some chances, if not a lot of chances, right through the middle there. And I think Harry Kane is going to get his fair of chances too. The midfield is going to win the game or lose the game for either team. I do think that if Croatia is going to win this game, it's going to be through the midfield. It's going to be them finding a solution on, on how to control the midfield. And Mandzukic up there obviously is going to be a threat. But if England cannot deal with Rakitic and Modric, Mandzukic is going to have all day. And it's going to be a big problem for England. That's the only way I see Croatia winning this match. I don't see them winning this match, though, personally. I think that uh, Croatia has played very, very well. Uh, I think that if they're going to win this game, it's going to be very, very tight. I mean, 1-0, 2-1 maybe. I don't see England not scoring here. Um, with that, let's go to predictions. Predictions. <laughs> 
All right, prediction time. I think that England's going to win this. I predicted early in the morning, and I am sticking with my prediction that England's going to win 3-1. I think that Sterling is going to score. <laughs> Whether it comes off of his back, his ankle, his heel, his backside, like uh, Tom said, I think he's going to score. I think this is the game where he's going to shine because he does know how to get into spaces. And I think that, like I said before, Croatia's susceptible right down the middle. And I think he's going to find a, a, a couple of chances today. And I, I really hope so, but I do think that he's going to score one. I think Kane is going to score one, if not two. Um, so he can kind of solidify the golden boot situation. I do think he's going to win the golden boot. My prediction, 3-1, halftime is going to be 1-1. England is going to uh, prevail in the second half. I think fitness is going to be an issue for Croatia as the game gets longer and longer into the second half, and I think that's where England is going to really optimize and take their advantage. I am looking forward to this game. Uh, England is kind of like my second football home, uh, I really, um, I'm really supporting them, and I, I do see a difference completely between um, England in the past and England this this tournament. I think that the togetherness and I think that the youth of the team is something to be admired. Three one England, and it's going to be a hell of a game. England versus France, I think, in the final. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for joining again. Thank you for Tom, I, I, I are my guest. I appreciate uh, your 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 time always, my friend. And enjoy the game, and I will talk to you on Friday to break down the third and fourth. Have a good one, everyone.